Hello, and welcome to Multi-Level Mondays, a weekly series all about pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes, multi-level marketing, and other forms of business fraud. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be talking about new skin. In last week's episode, I talked a lot about Mormonism and the link between them and MLMs, and Nuskin came up quite a bit. And after hearing some of these things and what they've done and accusations, I knew it was time for them to get their own episode. So here we are, Nuskin, one of the largest MLMs in the world. If you live in the US where their HQ is and are surprised you haven't heard of it, it's probably because over 85% of their business is actually in Asia. However, is Nuskin actually liked? Have they crossed the line between shady and downright illegal? And if they have, how? Well, let's get into it and find out. Welcome to Nuskin, a beauty and wellness company in almost 50 markets globally, dedicated to helping you discover the best you. Nuskin claims they were founded in 1984 when Blake Roney, their founder, invested $5,000 of his own money to make personal care products that contained, quote, all of the good, none of the bad, end quote. This is their core principle, apparently, because NSI, Nuskin International, had limited funds for advertising. It decided to rely on the growing method of, you guessed it, network marketing, The thing is, so many businesses do have limited funds. It's expensive to start a business from the ground up. That's pretty common. However, I personally feel there's a ton of other legitimate ways to handle this. Word of mouth is massive, offering free samples or promotional kits, looking for investors that believe in your sustainable brand because distributors are not advertisers. They're not legitimate customers if they're speaking well of your company, simply in the hopes that they can get enough people under them to earn a living. The company says they spread by word of mouth, but that and a downline are two very different things. Just wanted to make that absolutely clear. Anyway, by 1989, just five years later, the company was growing at a massive rate. Jason Chaffis was their personal spokesman, a man who would later become the chair of the House Oversight Committee and serve in the US House of Representatives. These days, he works on Fox News. They also hired Brent Reary, which as far as I can tell, still works at Newskin as an IT director. And while Blake Roney seems to get a lot of credit as far as the initial investment goes, Sandy Tolotston and Steve Lund were named as starting this business. However, from the very beginning, there's been some personal issues with this company. See, if you look into the archives, you'll see that Nedra Roney, Blake's sister, is also mentioned quite a few times as being heavily involved with the company. Her apartment was basically their first headquarters. On the current website though, she's not mentioned at all. She did pass away last year, so I initially thought that might have something to do with that. But as it turns out, Nedra Roney, later known as Nendra Titchener, had some incredibly difficult struggles with addiction after the death of her husband in the early 90s. In 1996, she was charged with multiple counts of prescription fraud and a single count of insurance fraud. Many years later, her husband, she was remarried, Robert Clark McKell was arrested on rape charges and Nedra too faced charges for harassing the alleged victim. I'm not saying this necessarily reflects poorly on the company just because one of their four founders who after years of not being involved committed crimes. But since I dedicate the history and earliest portion of these MLM videos to talking about the founder, I felt it would have been weird not to mention, hey, there's a fourth person that was in this equation. For now, the biggest names to remember are Blake Roney, Sandy Tillotson, and Steve Lund. We'll get into their company's controversies in a moment, but for now, like always, let's take a look at their products. What was Nuskin selling exactly? 
Nuskin has a ton of products just for starters. I can't even get through all of them, but I'm going to pick out a few fairly generic things just to take a look at what's in them. After all, Nuskin said they believe in all good and none of the bad. So these products should be absolutely fantastic. Though I know them most for having beauty products, Nuskin also has a nutrition line, which seems to primarily consist of really expensive supplements. And I genuinely mean really expensive. One called Immune Support is $106 for 60 capsules. Since a serving size is two capsules, this is only a month supply if you take a serving every day. They also make you scroll to the bottom for the ingredients where they just say it's a reishi mushroom extract. Aside from gelatin and stearic acid, which I would kind of assume is primarily from the capsule itself, that's all there really is to this thing. One could argue from the onset, this isn't all good because gelatin is an animal byproduct. If they actually wanted to cater to everyone, they could use modified starch or something else to make their capsules. But I guess at the cost of almost $2 a capsule, that's too much to ask. And yes, I did check elsewhere for reishi supplements and no one was charging anywhere near this amount. But hey, maybe these mushrooms are like genuinely magical or something and that won't even matter. Newskin does have a section on their product page called reishi studies and another called scientific studies. So I decided to start there. Under reishi studies, they summarize a few studies and offer links to none of them. So while they do name the actual studies, it's a little bit questionable that they don't offer any context here whatsoever. I looked up the first, which studies the reishi mushroom or Ganoderma eucerdum, sorry for butchering that, to see what it says. The thing is, this study does talk about the effects of these mushrooms on the immune system and its anti-cancer properties. Apparently there's been studies done involving mice with these mushrooms and how they inhibit tumor metastasis. It's true, yes, that this mushroom may be promising, yet even the study clarifies that far more evidence needs to be gathered and reads. Although Ganoderma may represent a practical and promising approach for cancer prevention and cancer treatment, further experimental, epidemiological, and clinical studies are needed to identify unrevealed molecular targets, resolve the relationship between Ganoderma intake and cancer risks, and explore the optimum dosing, efficiency, and safety alone or in combination with chemotherapy slash radiotherapy. In other words, if you take this product thinking it's guaranteed with scientific backing that proves its usefulness, then you're kidding yourself. Newskin's proof here is nothing more than a, hey, this could be useful, but we're not exactly sure, so we're gonna stamp a label on it that says immunity boost. The same could be said of other studies they reference, which are from 2003 and 2004, discussing how the mushroom works against breast cancer cells. However, a recent study in 2016 actually throws these ones out the window and reads, Ganoderma is a natural medicine that is widely used and recommended by Asian physicians and naturopaths for its supporting effects on the immune system. Laboratory research and a handful of preclinical trials have suggested it carries promising anti-cancer properties. The popularity of taking it as an alternative medicine has been increasing in cancer patients. However, there is no systematic review that has been conducted to evaluate the actual benefits of it in cancer treatment. Nuskin here does seem to be catering to their clientele and offering ingredients that have a grounding in Chinese culture. So, hey, if you believe these mushrooms are useful and it's something you wanna take, you do you. But it is absolutely a stretch for Nuskin to call it an immunity booster and sell it as if it's proven for over $100 a bottle. Though since they consistently make unproven health claims, I guess I can't be too surprised. Let's talk about one of their beauty products before we move on to these things if they work and their controversies. 
Their $35 rejuvenating cream consists of water, butane glycol, aloe leaf juice, stearic acid, and a ton of other ingredients. So these ingredients may be just fine for your skin. Just because they're chemicals doesn't make them bad, even though some multi-level marketing companies take that attitude and greenwash consumers. Instead, New Skin seems to try to take the approach of we're scientific and proven attitude. The thing is, I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. I could be wrong, but I've also seen enough beauty products here to recognize an ingredient list after a while. And it's a pretty common and similar list with similar rotating ingredients. So New Skin says they use hydrating power of hyaluronic acid, but again, this isn't an uncommon ingredient. So I'm just struggling to see how New Skin is different in any way whatsoever. They might not be bad, don't get me wrong, but there's nothing wrong with being an average basic skincare brand, but there is something wrong with the way MLMs market themselves as being one of a kind with the best people, product, and culture according to their website. But let's move on to their reviews. On Facebook, it looks like they have a 4.6 out of five stars. Some of the most recent reviews as of March 18th, 2021 say, lousy service, no repair center, my Lumi spa was spoiled after one year and there's nothing they can do. Basically means I can just bin it. How can there be no repair center and how can the product last less than one and a half years when it costs more than a normal facial brush I can get in Sephora? The cheapest Lumi spa, a sort of rotating spin brush for your face that I found on their website was just over $200. And that's a little bit ridiculous if it doesn't even last more than a year, in my opinion. However, just a few days earlier on March 15th, 2021, one reviewer says that they had great products and it was a satisfying quality. Another reviewer on March 10th said they were the best product she's ever used. The thing is, even if they were, this person also works for NuSkin, so it doesn't take much investigating to figure that out. I literally clicked on Lauren's profile page and sure enough, her profile to post down says, hey, I'm selling NuSkin. If you wanna join my team, ask me how. So it's not exactly a stretch to think that a few of these reviews are biased. Another reviewer, Katie Murphy, left a far more detailed review and it was pretty alarming. Here's what it said. This is an MLM company. My friend lost time and money working as a new skin distributor. After researching the products and what she was selling, I have come to find that the AP24 toothpaste contains no chemicals. However, is extremely abrasive on your teeth, not good for enamel or sensitivity. Basically, your teeth might look white and clean in the short term, but it does nothing to actually whiten them, change the coloring of them for the long term, just weakens your enamel over time. The self-tanner is just okay. The smell is not noticeable at first, but by day two, yikes. You definitely smell that pungent self-tanner smell. To be fair, even the higher end self-tanners have that smell, but they don't generally make claims of being odor-free, nor are they $32 for a teeny tiny 4.2 fluid ounce bottle. Bottom line, New Skin sells expensive products that aren't that great, and by buying the company's products, you are contributing to an MLM scheme where only the top percent of sellers actually make a profit. I encourage everyone to Google New Skin lawsuits or look up the MLM documentary from BBC, which includes a whole segment on New Skin specifically. I like the way Katie thinks, I couldn't agree more. I've actually already talked about the BBC documentary on MLM since it does have some focus on the Mormon community. So that's featured in the other episode from literally last week. Otherwise, don't worry, Katie, we will absolutely get to those numbers and lawsuits. For now, I wanted to check out on what just a few more reviews had to say. On consumer affairs, new skin scores are far lower with only three and a half stars out of five. Again, some reviews are positive, others are worrying. One from Zhang Huan writes, 
purchased Lumi Spa on May 29th, used it for about three weeks, and it broke on a reason I have no clue on. There's no way I can get this repair, but only through Nuskin. So I contact Nuskin for a repair and they request to send the broken Lumi Spa for replacement. Waited a month. Haven't heard anything from them. So I contact them and they told me they are out of stock and will ship on July 8th. It's July 13 and I haven't heard any further news on it and I contacted them again and they are saying they do not know when it will be shipped. I request for a refund and they said that's not possible. What the blank is this company? They don't even have a repair tech in the company. What kind of business model are you guys providing for the people who are doing business with you guys and selling your products to the consumers? They will be a scammer working with this company. This company is a joke. Another read, beware, don't be fooled. You go to a very fancy place to watch videos on how to on-sell the products to your family, friends, and colleagues. Then you have to purchase new skin products and try them to flog them off. Very hard when they are overpriced and you can get similar products at a more reasonable price. Then when you realize you are stuck with their products and you have to tell your friend how good it is in the home, they will buy something. They will give you the odd free product to keep you interested. Not worth losing friends to support a few rich fat cats at the pointy end of the pyramid, just like Amway, a con. All right, so we obviously have here some issues with shipping, double charging, and things of that nature. Some say the product works, some say it doesn't. I was able to find one very small clinical trial that did say Nuskin was better for dark spots than another over-the-counter alternative, but generally speaking, there isn't that much evidence out there. You have to do what's right for you and your skin and support a company you believe in. Speaking of, let's get back to the company itself because there's still a lot to cover. Right out the gate in 1991, Nuskin was accused of being an illegal pyramid scheme. About seven years after they were founded, these allegations were making headlines in the worst ways. An article in the Washington Post around that time read, there are at least 100,000 active Nuskin distributors working nationwide selling, in addition to Nuskin's line of 60 odd cosmetic, hair care and nutrition products, an evangelical philosophy of enterprise that mixes personal growth with the power of positive thinking. Last year, new skin sales rose to $230 million, up from 40 million the year before. And earlier this year, its mainstream respectability has fully certified by two men who agreed to officiate at new skin's annual convention. America's favorite comedian, Bill Cosby, and America's favorite former president, Ronald Reagan. Well, this article did not age well, but anyway, it continues. But for a company doing so well, Nuskin is generating a lot of bad publicity. The company is under investigation by attorney general in at least six states and reportedly is the subject of scrutiny by the Federal Trade Commission. Frank Kelly, attorney general of Michigan, has ordered the company to change the way it does business in that state or face prosecution, saying the Nuskin operation in the state of Michigan is an illegal pyramid scheme. If it looks like a pyramid scheme, makes dangerous claims like a pyramid scheme, and recruits distributors that are unable to make a living without a massive downline like a pyramid scheme, then it's probably a pyramid scheme. I'm not someone that would say, hey, because a bunch of states agree, it must be true. But I do think that if multiple allegations from multiple sources come to light, then there's probably something shady going on. The article adds, Under pressure from law enforcement officials, Nuskin has been discouraging its distributors from making specific predictions about how much money a distributor can make and has cracked down on some of the independently made recruiting videos, such as one that hooked Tom and Lori to Nuskin distributors. Still, the message goes out, one of the sanitized videos now widely used contains phrases such as fairy tale incomes, I don't mean this to be a cop-out, says company spokesperson Jason Scheifes, but the new skin literature does not say that if you work this amount of hours, you're going to earn this amount of money. 
There are some horror stories out there, honestly, but I don't think you see Nuskin out there pushing people off buildings to do this. Jason may not have meant for it to sound like a cop-out, but that's exactly what it is. Saying, oh, well, the company doesn't enforce you have to work a ton of hours is complete and utter bullshit. This article explains in detail how you have to have a certain amount of points in advance. In typical traditional business models, you need to work a certain number of hours a week to get paid a living wage. And honestly, I don't even know if I can say like a living wage fairly, but to get paid at least the minimum wage if you live in the US. In this case, it's like saying, hey, we're not going to tell you that you have to work overtime to get paid or promoted for your work. But if you wanna get paid at all, then you need to go all in. It's a twisted narrative because MLMs time and time again promote themselves as flexible only to blame sellers for not trying hard enough when they don't make it. Anyway, Newskin did settle with these states to settle the allegations for $125,000. For comparison's sake, they made $500 million that year. So what is that? One five thousandth of what they earned? It's literally nothing, less than a drop in the bucket. The Direct Selling Association, which Newskin joined, recommended a 90% buyback policy to prevent building up too much inventory. The DSA, in my eyes, is basically just a lobbying association that makes it harder to prosecute MLMs for their shitty behavior. As one source explains, DSA lobbyists and communicators go to great lengths to reclassify multi-level or endless chain selling programs as legitimate direct selling programs, even though with the DSA influence legislation, little if any direct selling is required. Indeed, most of the MLM companies in DSA engage in little actual direct selling. The products of the member companies are purchased primarily by newly recruited sales representatives, distributors, consultants, et cetera, in an endless chain of recruitment. The recruits seldom resell the goods to non-participating end users, but instead seek to recoup their investment by recruiting other downline participants in the chain who will buy goods and services to play the game. The DSA has persuaded some regulators, legislators, and many in the media and the general public into believing that these chain selling schemes are profitable and viable, despite their verified record of causing 99% loss rates among participants. Newskin and plenty of other MLMs love the DSA, I'm sure. This is my opinion, but Newskin should have been shut down seven years after opening. They were pretty clearly a pyramid scheme at this point, and it's really in massive part thanks to their lobbying and Utah's incredibly lax laws around pyramid schemes that they survived. It's a real shame that it feels like if only the system had been harsher on Newskin back in 1991, they wouldn't be nearly as indestructible as they are today. This wasn't their only scandal of the early 90s though, according to another source. In the early 1990s, Newskin faced allegations of sex discrimination from 28 former and current female employees. In one lawsuit filed December 29, 1992, the US District Court in Salt Lake City, six former employees charged that Newskin denied them advancement opportunities and equal benefits and paid men more for comparable work. Judge David Winder on August 6, 1993, denied the women's efforts to make this class action and dismissed the case with prejudice, so it could not be refiled. This lawsuit was settled out of court under undisclosed terms, but both sides said they were pleased with the results. Since about half of Newskin's workforce was women, this was a very significant case. The FTC in January, 1994, confirmed that it had reached a settlement with Newskin, which agreed to pay $1.2 million without admitting any wrongdoing. The FTC had alleged that the Provo firm had made false statements about three of its products and also had exaggerated earnings claims without telling prospective distributors that very few actually made large incomes. So not only are the downlines and pyramids messed up, but even their corporate offices can't seem to treat employees fairly. 
Several of the plaintiffs in this case said they had been treated so poorly that they even sought professional treatment afterwards. One said that when they tried to speak up to her supervisor and explain that she had more experience than a male designer promoted over her, she was demoted in retaliation. But sure, Newskin doesn't have to admit any fault here. Nor was this their only mistreatment of those that worked for them either. Even though this was years down the line, since I'm trying to tackle things one subject at a time, it's worth noting that Stanford University had to send a cease and desist letter to Newskin back in 2012 because they wouldn't stop using a university researcher's name in their advertising. According to a copy of the letter emailed to Reuters, Stanford geneticist Stuart Kim is listed as a Newskin partner in developing its age lock anti-aging products, though he has nothing to do with the company. Newskin touts its skin creams and pills as using innovative technology to reset genes that promote a more youthful look and feel for its clients. Neither Dr. Kim nor Stanford is a Newskin partner and neither has anything to do with the company, states the letter, signed by Stephen Rosen from Stanford's Office of the General Counsel. Stanford asked Newskin to remove all references to Kim from its website by Friday. Kim told Reuters he had previously collaborated with Newskin but stopped the relationship in 2011 and that he had never received any money from the company. Not only was Stuart Kim no longer working with them, but he was never even paid in the first place. Yet they think it's okay to use his name and credentials to make their products more legitimate. Newskin argued that they gave Stanford $1.5 million in 2009 to study human skin aging. Kim later left the study, but two other doctors stayed. Personally, I see absolutely no reason why they could justify using Dr. Kim's name if he left the study. Just use the names of the other doctors that stayed there. Shouldn't a company that truly cares about putting out honest scientific data want to include only those that stayed on the project to the end results anyway? This whole scenario just reads really odd to me. All right, so let's jump back in time for a moment again. 1998, New Skin is accused of being a pyramid scheme, again. An archive post from the New York Times proved incredibly useful in establishing a sort of timeline around this point of time, even though it was under their technology page. The reason for that being that a tech company called Big Planet had ties with Newskin at the time. According to the May 1998 article, a majority interest in the new venture is owned by a Utah-based company called Newskin USA, which sells cosmetics and nutritional supplements in a similar manner. In addition to paying commissions, Big Planet offers bonuses for recruiting other representatives. People are recruited, it seems, even if they have little knowledge of the technology they are supposed to be selling. The organization and sales practices of Big Planet's controlling investor, Newskin, have come under scrutiny more than once. In 1997, Newskin agreed to pay a $1.5 million penalty to the FTC for violating an order requiring scientific evidence to support claims about dieting products. In February, the Attorney General's office in Pennsylvania sued Newskin and several of its representatives, accusing them of operating a pyramid scheme through a technology division called QIQ Connections. Investigators say that QIQ recruits had to pay $289.60 each to become a representative and had earned at least $50 for each additional recruit they signed up. According to the complaint, investigators found that the representatives were not able to sell what they were promoting, cellular phone service, internet access, and pager service, plus electricity, because the services did not exist and the company was not a certified energy retailer in Pennsylvania. Newskin has since discontinued its QIQ connections program, but people who paid to be QIQ distributors are being allowed to transfer to Big Planet. Even when Newskin was new, no pun intended, people were suspicious of them, yet not enough people apparently because they somehow made Forbes top 100 trustworthy companies right at number 76. Ridiculous. Look, I get that these lists are probably based on what employees say and distributors that are in these scam cult-like grips are gonna have nothing but good things to say. 
I'm sure that was probably a massive part of it or they could be more of a pay to play thing for all I know, but I don't know is the answer. But what I do know is so long as people come out validating MLMs as trustworthy, legitimate companies, I'm going to be here day and night for many years to come to tell people to look at income disclosures and think about it before you stick your name on that list of suckers. Seriously though, there's been no shortage of information against this company. Sometimes I have to truly dig to find buried information, but in this case, I'm only worried I may miss something because there's just so damn much. In 2004, a report from the Consumer Awareness Institute put out a case study for the FTC all about NuSkin, a 70 page document about their behavior, everything from misrepresenting earnings to health claims to buying credibility, you name it, they've done it. Here are a few highlights I found incredibly important. The 1994 FTC order for NuSkin to stop misrepresenting earnings of its distributors was clear, appropriate, and important in fulfilling the mission of the FTC to protect consumers and to promote fair trade. NuSkin has flagrantly violated both the letter and the spirit of the order from 1994 to the present. From 1994 to 2000, during which time the company finally made official distributor earning reports available to prospects. The intent of these reports was to substantiate earnings, but they are full of deceptions that frequently misrepresent earnings and odds of success. This was particularly transparent after debunking the deceptions of its 1997 and 1998 reports of actual average incomes. From late 2000, when reporting was challenged to the present, the company went back to allowing promoters to quote huge extraordinary distributor earnings without including the actual percentages of participants at the various payout levels. NuSkin began making distributor compensation summary reports available to distributors, but only on a restricted basis, apparently to keep them out of the hands of independent investigators like us. The 1998 report is so misleading that 20 deceptions have been identified on a single page. This section alone is over 20 pages long. Page 23 shows exactly how many people lose money in these MLMs. And according to page 46 of this report, In 1998, less than 0.52% of all new skin distributors earned a profit. That's one in 192, much less if inactive and terminated distributors were counted. Assuming 95% of distributors have dropped out since NuSkin's founding, only one out of at least 3,838 total distributors would have earned a profit. On page 55, they even discuss the misrepresentations of Big Planet and how NuSkin basically spread like an infection over there. Sure, they were bad enough being an MLM, but NuSkin is a special kind of terrible. Page 57 stated that when NuSkin settled with Pennsylvania, the state was only awarded $34,000 for the cost of the investigation and NuSkin agreed to offer refunds to Pennsylvania consumers. But it's okay guys, NuSkin also donated $1,000 to the National Fraud Information Center, so it means they learned their lesson. Yet I feel like the most revealing part of this is what John M. Taylor, the president of the Consumer Awareness Institute says on page 69. Let me explain that I know for a lot of you listening, when you hear president of the Consumer Awareness Institute, you probably think that this is some well-educated person who would never fall for an MLM. However, what's so important to recognize is that John Taylor is well-educated and he has an MBA and a PhD in applied psychology and he fell for an MLM. Yes, the president of a consumer awareness institute achieved executive status at NuSkin back in the 90s before he knew better. And it's what spurred him to organize the Consumer Awareness Institute in the first place. So if anyone ever says that you have to be an idiot to join an MLM, John is the perfect example of why this is not the case. Anyway, here's a small segment of his statement. 
Another facet of MLMs like New Skin concerned me even more than the money. As a former teacher of ethics and one who considers himself an honest person, I discovered a whole range of ethical conflicts that made MLMs an unacceptable way of conducting a business. Also, my psychology background was invaluable in identifying the motivational factors and self-deception that seemed endemic among MLM participants. Before I quit NuSkin after a year of concentrated effort, I could see clearly what I would have to do to earn over $700,000 a year as a blue diamond. I would have to deceive hundreds, even thousands of downline distributors like I had been deceived into believing that they too could achieve what I had achieved and then maintaining required monthly volumes and downline headcounts. It was simply not worth it and not moral. For me to receive that much income, thousands would have to lose their investment. The money would have to come from somewhere. It certainly does not come in any significant amount from actual sales to non-distributors. If anyone you know is involved in or considering buying or joining NuSkin, I cannot recommend this article enough. The ethics of this business, the lies they tell, the misrepresentation, there's an overabundance of information here. I mean, hey, if NuSkin works for you and you love their creams or supplements, I won't tell you what to buy, but I truly question how anyone can know even half of this and then continue to support them. However, the US wasn't the only one having problems with NuSkin. Other countries around this time began to as well. But before we continue into their global issues, we're gonna go ahead and have a quick break to say thank you to today's sponsor. Private investigator Michelle Gray needs your help to solve a cold case. Sort through evidence, decode ciphers, piece together clues, and solve the crime. If all of that sounded interesting to you, then you might be interested in today's sponsor, Hunt a Killer Mystery. Hunt a Killer is America's number one murder mystery subscription box with over 3 million boxes shipped. Each month, you'll receive a new box of clues to pour over yourself or with others until you're able to catch the killer in a thrilling story from Hunt a Killer. Simply put, Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episodes or boxes. And each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve the ongoing murder mystery. And in the final episode, you'll be able to catch the killer. It's like an escape room delivered to your door every single month. And if you're impatient like I am, you can expedite your next box so you can get the next piece of the mystery even sooner. So if you wanna get started today, make sure to go to huntakiller.com Illuminati and use Illuminati for 20% off your first box. Again, make sure to go to huntakiller.com Illuminati. This will be a test to see if you know how to spell my name correctly or not. And use code Illuminati for 20% off your first box. An August 2012 Reuters article states, Newskin Enterprises Inc. finance chief on Wednesday dismissed a noted short seller's claims that the company's sales model in China was illegal and said there was no need to change it. We're confident that it's kosher, chief financial officer Rich Wood said in an interview. We don't feel we need to make any changes to our business model, he said, adding that Chinese officials have never asked Newskin to do so. NuSkin only uses representatives to sell its products directly to consumers in many countries. It operates differently in China, where it has physical stores and sales representatives to comply with Chinese regulations. Andrew Leff's report said that Citron, the website that published the report, had engaged in some undercover customers who helped us expose the truth. Left also cited Chinese laws and US regulatory filing in August, in which the company said it would continue to attract significant scrutiny from the Chinese government. 
I've mentioned it in an Herbalife settlement video, how China essentially has a pay to play policy when it comes to MLMs in their country. There have been crackdowns over the years, but there's no denying that they still exist and thrive there. In 2015, the story was updated when Reuters said that NuSkin was likely to be fined by Chinese regulators and in its annual report with the US Securities and Exchange Commission, they were said to have temporarily suspended promotional meetings and sales representative applications in China. However, in 2016, NuSkin essentially paid the SEC to stop probing into their bribes. I mean, excuse me, charitable donations in China. They also agreed to pay $47 million to settle the lawsuit in China, accusing them of being a pyramid scheme. How many times is that now? Five, three, no, five states, then Pennsylvania, now China. When crackdowns were announced in 2017, their shares in China fell again, yet their reputation was being damaged elsewhere too. On the home front in Utah, where they were founded, NuSkin was having more issues. And I'm sorry if it seems like I'm just bouncing around a little bit here. There's literally just so many controversies. It's really difficult to keep up with all of them. However, this does relate to their issues in China because essentially while Chinese officials were questioning their company's legitimacy, NuSkin was telling investors and stockholders in the States that everything was fine. According to my February 5th, 2014 source, Saxena White PA has filed a securities fraud class action lawsuit in the United States District Court for the District of Utah against NuSkin Enterprises, Inc. On behalf of investors who purchased or otherwise acquired the common stock of the company during the period from July 10, 2013 through January 16, 2014. The complaint brings forth complaints for violations of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. The complaint alleges that NuSkin touted the strength of its operations in China. However, in reality, the company's success could not be sustained as local Chinese law and regulations were violated through its business practices. Specifically, defendants made false and or misleading statements and or failed to disclose that. The company's operations in the People's Republic of China resulted in pyramid selling schemes in violation of PRC law. And as a result of the above, the company's financial statements were materially false and misleading at all relevant times. My search for an outcome came up empty. So as far as I can tell, this class action lawsuit is either still in the works or it was settled out of court because there's nothing concrete about a decision. And just as a refresher here, we've gone over their first allegations of being a pyramid scheme, how they treat their workers, more pyramid scheme allegations and misrepresentations of income, then how they were illegally operating in China and potentially deceiving stockholders in the process. Is there anything, just just one thing about this company that's actually redeemable? Well, they do have a charity, sort of, so let's take a look at that, shall we? According to Newskin, Nourish the Children, or NTC, addresses childhood hunger in a sustainable manner. The program begins with a highly nutritious food developed by Newskin's nutritional scientists known as Vitameal. The company's sales leaders, customers, and employees can purchase Vitameal and choose to donate the food to a third-party nonprofit organization that specializes in distributing relief to those suffering from malnutrition and famine. Since 2002, NuSkin and its sales leaders, customers, and employees have donated more than 700 million meals to malnourished children around the world. As is the case with other NuSkin products, distributors are paid commissions and NuSkin earns a profit margin from each sale of Vitameal, which is lower than the profit margin on virtually all of NuSkin's other products. And at first glance, I don't really know how to feel about this, but it doesn't feel like NuSkin is actually doing anything. I mean, look at their wording. Since 2002, NuSkin and its sales leaders, customers, and employees have donated more than 700 million meals. How much of that is NuSkin itself? I would bet a large portion of that is coming from the distributors who are their primary customers, really. 
Then the fact that they make any profit off of it is shady too. Nuskin makes billions of dollars a year. Do they really need a few million tacked onto that because of a charity? I understand the need for covering costs, but the whole for-profit aspect bothers the absolute hell out of me. They say they're not a charity, but a smart business initiative. But if they really want to help, why not just make it a charity and, you know, be charitable? This whole thing felt off to me and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, like why? Thankfully, another one of my sources did and reads, NTC is a business for Nuskin and distributors who are paid commissions and get credit towards their overall sales quotas for their Vitameal sales. They also get a nonprofit's charitable donation tax receipt for any Vitameal purchases they donate to others. The company didn't answer our questions about Vitameal economics or many other questions about its anti-hunger business. Multi-level marketers like Nuskin rely on freelance salespeople or distributors. The distributors hope to profit by buying the products and then reselling them to outside consumers and more importantly, by recruiting other distributors to order products like Vitameal. The distributors hope to get a commission on the order volume of those they've recruited. Nuskin has surely saved many children from hunger, but nourish the children's food costs more than 10 times that of typical food aid products with much of the difference going into the pockets of the company and its sales force. The high price also serves to boost buyers tax deductions. What's more, Nuskin's primary global partner in this effort, the nonprofit Feed the Children, has been criticized in recent years for inflating the value of donated goods. If attention to these aspects of Nuskin's hunger business end up reducing the profitability that drives sales of Vitameal, then distributors may lose interest in participating, undermining a key part of the company. In this article, you can see that a US aid corn soy blend costs less than eight cents while their rice and lentil bag costs 85 cents. I'm not saying that 85 cents is not cheap, simply that they're clearly not as effective as other methods out there. Children do get fed either way here, so it feels almost wrong to complain about such a low cost, but by the same token, Nuskin's motives don't feel really pure or genuine especially not when their distributors are using feeding hungry kids as a way to make their points for the month. Chicago area distributor Maureen Gotsman shared her tips and tricks on an August conference call for Nourish the Children sellers, explaining that market research shows that distributors should first discuss the hunger relief program before attempting to sign recruits to sell vitamins and skin creams. If you talk about the business too suddenly and too quickly, she warned, sometimes that will actually turn people off. One way Nuskin has advised struggling salespeople to try and make their quotas is through purchases of Vitameal. If you need volume at the end of the month, go NTC, nourish the children, Nuskin said in a 2010 internet advisory to distributors. A 2014 Nuskin message to nourish the children sellers offered an example of a fictional salesperson called Ernie. He was $200 short of his monthly volume. So instead of ordering product, he bought nine bags of Vitameal, the message said. In a win-win, Ernie got paid for his volume, he got a tax deduction, and nine children got fed for a month. I mean, is it better for an MLM to feed hungry kids than sell supplements, beauty products, candles, whatever the hell MLMs are selling these days? Of course. Even horrible companies can do good things, just as good companies can make mistakes, but their attitude is, well, lacking to say the least. According to this article, Nuskin officials sound indignant when questioned about Vitameal. A hungry child in Haiti doesn't care how his meal got there, said CEO Hunt on a recent earnings call. Nourish the Children's Chief Ambassador, Christine Kipp, doesn't understand why Nuskin's Vitameal initiative merits any more scrutiny than the sale of Girl Scout cookies or the donation of groceries to a local church food pantry. I don't think you can get a better bang for your buck. I really don't, she says, because I've been there and I've seen what it does. 
And look, the CEO isn't like wrong. A starving child may not question how the rice and lentil meal they provide got there, but you should care. A consumer, someone that is giving Nuskin further profits off their Vitameal should care. And that comment is gross. Just because you're feeding hungry kids doesn't mean everything you do is justified. Nuskin is appealing to people's kindness, to those that really want to feed hungry kids who may not know that ultimately Vitameals are still putting money back in Nuskin's pockets. But for now, let's get back to Nuskin. What have they been up to in recent years? Unsurprisingly, the health claims have continued to roll in as truth in advertising is found. They've also had fines in Argentina for misleading advertising that have been pretty disgusting to say the least. One source reads, as indicated in argentina.gov.ar, the Secretariat of Domestic Trade of the Nation would have considered that the company's advertising leads to believe that those who do not meet stereotypical beauty patterns may suffer health problems and that lack the use of its products may lead to different conditions. Furthermore, the specific health benefits of using the company's products would not have been specified in the advertisements in question. So basically, if you don't meet Nuskin's beauty standard, you're ugly and you'll always be ugly without Nuskin. Like for fuck's sake, they can't even sell their product correctly. Is there nothing this company can do? Even this far into the episode, there's still so much I could talk about. Like I'm not going to go on and on and on about how they supported Mitt Romney for president because companies support politicians all the time and that's their call. That said, I think it's pretty shady that Jason Chaffetz, Utah's representative, once worked for them and later served as co-chair of a panel that advocates on behalf of the dietary supplement industry because he's obviously incredibly biased for them. All in all though, by this point, you can believe what you want ultimately. Time and time again, data has shown that only a fraction of a percentage of people will succeed at new skin off the failures of others no less. Their income disclosure itself states that only 15% of people even earn a commission. Almost 85% of their distributors make no money at all. Nothing, not a cent. Are those advocating for Nuskin really going to say that 85% of people didn't try hard enough? The average annual income of those that even qualified and were considered active was less than $2,000 a year, by the way. Considering the claims Nuskin distributors make about their income, they're actively breaching the FTC guidelines for MLMs. Personally, I feel that this MLM is simply a pyramid scheme that hasn't been shut down yet, but that's my opinion. I so want to believe that they'll eventually be closed, but really it just doesn't seem that way. There's also evidence of cultish behavior in this MLM that acts like a supportive community, but as is the case with many MLMs, they've got a questionable charity, distributors that don't make money, you name it. They've had many issues in the past and they'll probably continue to have many issues in the future. And that's what's in store for this MLM. But with that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, make sure you're liking, following, and subscribing so you can stay up to date with all the latest episodes. And if you want to connect with me outside of this episode, make sure to go to the description box and find my Linktree link. It's just a massive link holder that contains everything for all my social media, projects I'm involved in, yada, yada, yada. So again, thank you all so much for making it to another episode of Multi-Level Mondays. I love you guys and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.